0: This is AgriPulse Open Mic. I'm your host, Jeff Daly. This week's guest is Carl Casali, CEO and President of Fortune 100 Company, CHS Inc. AgriPulse Open Mic is brought to you by Bayer. As a company devoted to making our mission, science for a better life, a reality, Bayer takes pride in equipping growers and consumers with the tools they need to get the job done, Whether that's producing a quality harvest to feed a growing world population or protecting a beloved garden landscape from damaging pests. AgriPulse Open Mic continues with Carl Caselli next. Today's innovative technologies have led to safer, more sustainable agriculture practices that are better for our families and the world we call home. And a brighter future awaits thanks to the research and innovation that lie at the core of Bayer's commitment to agriculture and our society. We believe by relying on sound scientific principles, the industry as a whole can continue to meet the challenges posed by a rapidly growing and changing world. For more information, visit cropscience.bayer.us. This is AgriPulse Open Mic. U.S. agriculture is in the midst of a cyclical downswing with a magnitude perhaps not seen since the last major industry recession in the early 1980s. From his roots in an Oregon vegetable farm to now leading one of the world's largest farm-based cooperatives, Carl Casali believes it is the cooperative structure that's better positioned to survive the downturn while investing in opportunities for future growth.
1: Long before I, I, I came to work for CHS, You know, I always said that it wasn't a surprise to me that the most successful, enduring companies in agriculture had some form of private ownership because they could take a long view. And and, and CHS was one of those companies. And so, you know, a great example of that is the $2.8 billion that we've invested in crop nutrients, you know, in our nitrogen deal with CFN, Inc. You know, we didn't do that for our owners today. We did it for their grandkids literally you know this is this is a deal is going to be 80 hundred years from now so so that's a that's a huge huge benefit that we have as chs that i think people would benefit from knowing we have the ability to take a long view
0: i, I read uh, of your company and it suggests that you're making a difference globally with energy grain and food solutions so if you have the solutions what are the problems we're trying to solve or problems that you see
1: yeah, so I think, you know, if you if you take a step back, you know, the fundamentals of global demand, they're not changing. You know, the world's getting bigger and it's and it's gonna be hungry. And um, you know, the, the, the pace at which that happens is probably what we're we're you know, debating right now. You know, but if you even look at China, four or five percent GDP growth, that's two times what we're seeing in this country. So I mean, even though it's not what it's been, it's gonna be quite, quite good. So, you know, we see Asia And Africa, ultimately, becoming great growth markets, you know, as they consume more grains and consume things that eat grains. But, no, we're very optimistic on what the long term looks like. Now, you know, to my point, you know, the the short term could be a little bit disruptive, um, you know, based upon what we're seeing in Asia and and, and kind of what those economies look like from a growth standpoint. But that's a great story.
0: Agriculture, obviously, a cyclical business. Do you think we are at the bottom of this pendulum swing And how long do we stay here?
1: So the answer to the first question is no. We're not at bottom. And you would say, well, so how can you be so unequivocal about you know such a simple answer? And um, the the reason or the example is I probably talked to I'm guessing a couple thousand farmers between December and March of this year, you know, different forums, and they all asked exactly the same question. And and my simple question to them was, how many of you have um, reduced? Your cash rent by 25% in the last 90 days. And I had one hand, one hand go up. So, you know, if we're at a cyclical low in terms of inputs and um, cash rents, or I should say, if you look at USDA numbers, you know, revenues down 10%, income's down 38%, you know, it says that the deal is, you know, the, the cash rents haven't moved. And so, you know, unless and until they do, um, and we're probably a year away from that happening, you know, we're we're certainly not at bottom. Because like I said, all the variable inputs are about, you know, at historic lows, but farmers aren't willing to, um, to give up or let go of what they're paying for cash rent to tie up land. And so that's going to be their call, but I think we're probably a year away from that. Energy, then that's ag. Energy, we're probably pretty close to bottom, would be my guess. Um, you know, we'll kind of see what this thing looks like as we move forward, but for sure on ag, you know, we've got some ways to go yet.
0: How are you positioned to survive as a cooperative in this downturn, and how are you helping your customers and your members?
1: You know, our our whole deal is we're very conservative in terms of how we manage the balance sheet and manage our cash flow. So, you know, internally, we're being very conservative about how we do that, and um, we've cut our expenses to basically a line. With what the operating environment looks like. And we said, look, here's the deal. You know, we'll manage expenses to X percent of gross profit, which is the money we make. And, um, and if our gross profit forecast comes down, um, our expenditure forecast will come down proportionately. And it has. And so it's not, you know, reactionary. It's just math, right? And we say, okay, here's where we're going to go. And so we're in the process of doing that. And, um, we're going to manage ourselves through this cycle. What I would call a flattish cost structure, and we're going to still pay our people incentives, we're going to pay them their salary increases, and uh, we're going to do all this so that have them do a major reduction in force, which is what a lot of folks are doing in the industry right now, and we think that will service well over the long term.
0: Does a cooperative structure have an advantage in times like this?
1: Absolutely. And, you know, there, there's a big difference between uh, what I call patient money and lazy money. Um, we have patient money. Our, our owners afford us the opportunity to take the long view. What they don't afford us the opportunity is, is to not earn significant returns or satisfactory returns on the capital they give us to deploy in the company. So that's the difference between basically taking the long view, what I call patient money, and the short-term view, which is, you know, just do whatever you want. You know, I mean, if you earn it, you, you do, or if you don't, you don't. And that's what I call lazy money. So we have patient money um, within the company. We do not have lazy money. We manage this enterprise very, very aggressively on behalf of our owners. Um, but you know, I mean, the, the classic example is the um, the CFN nitrogen deal that we did. You know, that's literally, literally multi generational. Hundred years is is basically the view that we that we took when we did that deal. So is life fun in, in nitrogen right now? No. But are we okay with that because the long-term view we've taken? Sure.
0: From a journalist's perspective, I could paint a picture that we're at a crossroad in U.S. agriculture. And on one side, expansion, meeting global demand for food, feed, fiber, and fuel. On the other, I listen to political rhetoric, and I see others that would have a closed border, a cap for renewable fuels, further consolidation, and a much different view. Do you see a crossroad?
1: Um, yeah, I, I think so. I mean, I, I think, you know, right now we have both administration and Congress that's uh, that's favorable towards free trade. We, we've been on the record as CHS as being supportive of free trade. Um, we, you know, we think that's the best place to be for the long term. And if you look at it right now, basically everybody has the opportunity to trade freely with the U.S. It's just the other way around that we struggle. So I, I, I think that's our opportunity over the longer term. Now, that said, there, there's a bunch of folks in this country that are not happy right now with how things have, have gone or how they've shaken out for them over the last you know decade or plus. But I don't know that that's a fully informed view of what the world's going to look like or need to look like over the long term. But, but I absolutely believe we're at a crossroads. I mean, look at, you know, um, the, the nominees for uh, for both parties. Um, you know, that's based upon a very, very specific view of, of what the world looks like and, you um, you know, we'll, we'll kind of see what happens, but but we're a very, very pro-trade company. We think that uh, is going to be the best interest of, uh, of everybody over the long term. And our view would be is, is many other countries, you know, they, they benefit from pre-trade with the U.S. right now. It's just the U.S. that doesn't benefit from that trade as well.
0: I would ask, do you see a future for the next generation of farmers? And and I say this, that if I'm a farm operator with a son or a daughter who's in school who has intention of coming back to the farm, do they have a hope that we're going to survive this down and have opportunity, or should they look in another direction?
1: No, so uh, you can't see me smiling, but I am, because uh, I graduated from college in 1983, and it was kind of the last time we went through kind of one of these deep recessions and um, had a little brother farm with dad, and, and uh, you know, I, I left, I mean, because I could, because I had a college degree. And we had this huge dearth of a, a decade or more of individuals who didn't come back home to farm. And so that's, that's who the, the next generation of leadership is going to be um, as we look forward. Now, I don't know I'm embarrassed to say this, I do not have a um, a Twitter account. I do not have a, um, a a Facebook account, and the reason why is it's all I can do to return my cell phone. You know, I mean, let alone get along with everything else, right? So my point is, the next generation that's coming behind us—they're uh, you know technologically much much more adept than what I am or what I choose to be, um, and that's a choice. But uh, but no, this is going to be phenomenal. Um, you know, I tell people this and it's kind of my personal test. You know, I mean, I, it, as, as much fun as I've had over the last 30 years and it's been just a pile of fun, um, I, I would trade anything um, with a 23, 24 year old um, to, to change places in this space because, I mean, the run that, that I've seen that they're going to get is huge. So just a couple factoids or, or, or sound bites. You know, I, I, I've talked to a bunch of our owners. And what they would tell me is, these are cooperatives, general managers of cooperatives, you know, people I respect immensely, 25% turnover in the next five years, okay, of the producer base. And then you look at the demographics, 75% turnover in the next 20 years, okay? So as technologically competent as I would love to believe that I am, I'm not prepared for that. All I can do is prepare the next generation um, to go do that. So, I mean, I think it's going to be a phenomenal, phenomenal opportunity for those see this, you know, as an opportunity in this space. And, and my job and my goal is to get them ready to go do this because uh, it's not my generation. You know, I'm 54 years old. It won't be me. It'll be the ones behind us that are going to get this one done. But just, just the sheer demographics of this, you know, are, are going to say that this is a phenomenal, phenomenal space to be in.
0: Are company mergers and the consolidations that we're seeing and discussing a symptom of this down cycle, or do you think they would have happened anyway?
1: Um, you know, so so um, so yes and yes. I think they're a symptom of the cycle, but, you know, probably inevitable, uh, I, I guess is what I would say. You know, I mean, just the amount of R&D dollars that we're chasing, fewer and fewer opportunities on the other side, um, you know, would probably suggest this was going to happen sooner or later. And, um, you know what I would what I would argue is what we're seeing right now is just a catalyst to create that to happen.
0: Does CHS have a concern that there are fewer players?
1: Um, no, so the, so the way I would think about it is we're great customers of all those companies today. We will be tomorrow, and uh, and that'll be regardless of whatever structure they take.
0: What are the things that CHS would like to tell the people inside Washington and AG leaders across the country?
1: Well, I think very simply, if you look at the cooperative business model, there's no more powerful business model for distribution of wealth to rural America than what we do, and um, and I'm not just talking CHS; I'm talking about everybody that does it. But you know, in the last five six years, we've redistributed over two and a half billion dollars billion dollars of wealth to rural America. And when it goes to uh, to farms, when it goes to local communities, they figure out what the best way to redistribute that is within local communities. And um, and, and I think we just need to be very cognizant of that as we think about things like tax reform. Um, you know, as, as we think about how wealth gets created in this country, you know, it's a it's a beautiful wealth creation model for for rural America. I don't know how else to say it.
0: Are there particular policies or regulations right now that, that you feel are staring at agriculture that need special attention?
1: Um, you know, so, so, so probably not so much um, that, uh, that agriculture would be targeted or the cooperative system would be targeted. But I think as we start thinking through broader tax reform in this country, which I, I suspect is going to happen, um, what I am concerned about is that agriculture um, in general and the cooperative system specifically – you know kind of gets caught up in the jet wash of all of this you know so we won't be targeted but all the benefits that i just talked about you know from single taxation of our of our earnings to our owners for example the two and a half billion dollars you know that that could become a uh, an issue not because it would be intended for it to be but just the mere fact that it exists
0: how about funding for infrastructure following a failed house bill this week on inland waterways
1: yeah, you know, I'm smiling again. So, I mean, you know, this would have been the the, uh, the perfect ask after, um, you know, the first economic downturn we had in this country almost 10 years ago, right? I mean, I think infrastructure development in this country is going to be critical for us. Have you have you been to an airport in a um, emerging country? My point is pick one. And uh, you look at what they've done and you look at China. You know, they're not stringing phone lines to, to do, you know, Telephones, and then say, "Okay, hey, look, you know, once we get this done, we'll do cell phones." They're 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 jumping way ahead of us, and uh, and I, and I think you know anybody who's traveled abroad should be looking around, saying, you know, I'm concerned about what I see from infrastructure standpoint, and I think we should be concerned here in this country. And to your point, Jeff, um, you know, um, you know, it's barge traffic on the on the Mississippi, it's locks and dams. I mean, I think we need to be very very focused in terms of how we think about this stuff. And unfortunately, we didn't do it when we had the opportunity last go around. and that was almost a decade ago. So, you know, you know, we'll see if we get it right this time. Um, but uh, remember the stimulus program? Where'd that money go? I, I don't know. You know, then that's my point. My, my my point is, you do this with purpose, and um, you know, there's there's taxes and there's consequences that are associated with it. But you know, we kind of did that rodeo with no purpose and no outcome. And um, and now, what's interesting is. You know, we're now hearing internally, you know, within the country, there's plus or minus 30% probability of, um, of a recession. Have you heard that? Yes. And you've also heard that there's a higher probability that the Fed's going to raise the interest rate, right? And those two are correlated. So go figure, right? I mean, my whole point is, I mean, this isn't as complicated as we're trying to make it. But, um, you know, we're anticipating and, and you were participating in a very difficult economic climate. You know, we think this is going to be years, not months. Before we come out the other side, we think, um, the energy side's probably a little bit further ahead than ag. Um, and as I mentioned earlier, you know, we're guessing, you know, ag for sure, um, all of this year and perhaps next before we get out of the, uh, you know, begin to see the other end of the cycle.
0: All right. We want to thank you for spending time with us. And it is open, mic, And, sir, you have the last word.
1: Jeff, really appreciate the opportunity to visit with you. And, and it's not a pile of fun right now to be in the ag business, but, you know, the way we think about it is, it's an opportunity to rethink everything we do and go from being a good company to a great one. And I would encourage everybody else to to, to take that same view.
0: Our thanks to Carl Casali, President and CEO for CHS Inc. Our guest this week on Open Mic AgriPulse. Open Mic is brought to you by Bayer, as a company devoted to making our mission, science for a better life, a reality. Bayer takes pride in equipping growers and consumers with the tools they need to get the job done, whether that's producing a quality harvest to feed a growing world population or protecting a beloved garden landscape from damaging pests. For AgriPulse, I'm Jeff Alley.